Hola, bienvenidos. Welcome to the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast. I'm your host, Tamara Marie. Before we get started with this episode, I have a quick question for you. What are you doing to improve your Spanish this summer? Summer is a time for vacations, for getting away, and you might even be planning on visiting a Spanish-speaking country. So it is the perfect time to improve your conversational skills because let's face it, if you've been learning Spanish for any length of time and you haven't been having regular conversations, you are going to fall behind. So this summer, we are not gonna let you do that. Here at Spanish Con Salsa, we are offering a summer boot camp. This is an eight-week boot camp that will focus on Caribbean Spanish and also Spanish grammar. So we're gonna be looking specifically at the past tense. A lot of people get confused between el imperfecto, el preterito, when do I use which one? And we're also gonna be exploring the Caribbean with Puerto Rican Spanish, Cuban Spanish, and Dominican Spanish. So you will have an opportunity opportunity to improve your Spanish and you'll also be able to attend regular conversation practice sessions facilitated by a native speaker all as a part of our Spanish fluency club this summer so if you are interested go to spanishconsalsa.com slash summer that's spanishconsalsa.com slash summer Registration is open now through Sunday. We have limited spots available. So if you're interested, I encourage you to press pause now before you listen to this episode. Scroll down to the description and click on the link or just go to SpanishConSalsa.com slash summer. Hope to see you in the boot camp. Now let's get started with this week's episode. I was thinking, what would I do if I started all over again and I had to learn Spanish from scratch? You know, I made so many mistakes when I first started learning Spanish, but I have learned other languages since, and I have a lot more experience, so I really was giving some thought to how I would approach the language if I was to start all over again, and I will lay out that exact plan for you in this week's episode. So if you want to know the exact steps for when to study what and what to do first, make sure you stick around for this week's episode. Así que vamos a empezar. Let's get started. Bienvenidos. Welcome to the Learn Spanish con Salsa podcast, the show for Spanish learners that love music, travel, and culture. Close your grammar textbooks, shut down the language apps, and open your ears to how Spanish is spoken in the real world. Let us show you how to go from beginner to bilingual. Here is your host, certified language coach, Tamara Marie. Hola, ¿cómo estás? Espero que estés súper bien. Estamos por empezar episodio 148. Welcome to episode 148 of the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be breaking down exactly what I would do if I was going to start all over again and learn Spanish from scratch. And the reason I decided to do this, you know, I've been uh, learning Arabic a little bit off and on. I haven't been super consistent with it, but I have been learning Egyptian Arabic. Um, it's quite a different language than Spanish, so I have been approaching it um, a little bit differently, but I realized in going through that process and being a beginner again, that the process that I would follow if I was starting with Spanish uh, from scratch today would be way different than what I did when I first started. Now, 
If you're like me, you've been at this uh, for a little bit with uh, language learning, and maybe you've realized now, if you look back, that some of the time that you spent wasn't uh, spent in the most ideal or efficient way when it came to actually being able to speak Spanish fluently. So I gave it some thought, and this is actually the same principles we use in our uh, coaching. And actually, um, I want to mention, if you stick around to the end, we'll talk more about uh, a special offer we have for this month if you're interested in uh, Spanish language coaching to improve your conversation skills, which is so, so important. Um, but anyway, you know, our coaching approach really does embrace a lot of the principles that I'm going to go over in this episode. So uh, these are lessons learned from everything I did wrong. And again, I'm sure you may have had in your language learning journey so far, some things that you've done that you um, are reflecting on and go, wow, that was a waste of time, right? Uh, and hopefully you've also had a lot of wins and things that you've done that you realize have been really, really helpful. And helping you move forward. So uh, I am going to give you my reflection on what I would do if I was starting from day one. Uh, and this is really the smart way to approach the language instead of uh, doing what doesn't matter. Now I will caution you, it may seem a little counterintuitive. It might even seem a little bit basic, but I would encourage you, uh, whether you're a beginner, advanced beginner, or if you consider yourself you know, more at the intermediate level, that you think through some of these things and think, have I done these? Uh, because it's it's never too late to backtrack, right? And 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 uh, do things a little bit differently. So you might find that these tips apply to you, even if you're not starting from scratch right now. Then maybe you skipped some of these steps, and you might want to go back and think about how can you incorporate them into your current uh, Spanish study time. All right. So with that, let's go through my plan if I was starting all over again as a newbie learning Spanish. The first thing I would do, the absolute number one thing to do before buying a course, before deciding, you know, what's going to be my first goal, before I decide, uh, you know, exactly what program I'm going to buy or whatever that is, right? The absolute first thing that I would do is focus on pronunciation and learning the sounds of Spanish. It is so deceptive when you see the Spanish alphabet because as a native English speaker, we look at it and we say, this looks very similar to the alphabet in English, so this is gonna be easy. And I think that thought gets us into so much trouble because what we do is we go, oh, okay, well, there's a letter A, I know how to pronounce A, there's a B, I know how, to, how the B sounds. Um, oh, maybe there's this weird letter that's we don't have it's a little you know they are a little squiggly line over this letter n i don't know what that is um but hey it's pretty much the english alphabet they just talk kind of fast right and that's a common misconception that a lot of beginners have and so when we're told to like focus on pronunciation we think that it's a little bit overkill we're like um it's really not that hard Let's move on to like, you know, something more advanced. I got this. The letters look almost the same. It's not like an language like Greek or like Arabic or like Hebrew where the characters are actually different or Japanese or Mandarin where you have to learn the characters and a lot of different sounds that we don't have in English. So it can seem deceptively simple, but I will caution you, this is where we make most of our mistakes. And the mistakes that we make early on in our pronunciation, it's really hard to correct them later because we have bad habits of mispronouncing words because we thought we knew because the letter looks the same as in English. 
And although we might be aware, oh yeah, there's a few letters that are pronounced differently. There are actually some very common letters uh, in English and Spanish that are pronounced. Some are subtly different, but some are very different. And if you don't get that down from the beginning, as you're learning vocabulary, as you're starting to have conversations, it's going to be very difficult, one, to understand what people are saying, because your expectation is that the letters will sound the way they do in English, and they don't. And two, it's going to be hard for you to learn vocabulary that you can use because you won't know how to say the words and you're going to be fumbling through them. It won't flow properly because you're trying to use your slower sort of uh, English uh, language rules to pronounce these uh, words and syllables and phrases. And it really is important to get it down from the beginning. It makes life so much easier. And that's the one thing that I would have just done. Just taking a beginner's mind. And even if, again, you're already at the intermediate level, you could be making a lot of pronunciation mistakes that no one is telling you about. You know, this happened to me for years. There were basic words that I was mispronouncing. And because people were being kind to me, even if they were my, you know, a language teacher, they understood me sort of. So they just forgave all of my uh, pronunciation mistakes. You know, so again, you know, unless we decide as learners that we want to focus on it, it can be really difficult to get it right. And we notice that we sound different when we speak and other people speak, right? We go, I don't sound like this native speaker I'm talking to. And we think it's just because, oh, well, I'm just learning. I'm a beginner. I shouldn't expect to sound um, like them. And I think that is a fallacy. Now, yes, to some degree, when you're learning a foreign language, you'll always have a little bit of an accent, which just means that you're using the rules of your native language and you're applying them to the language you're learning. So that's what gives us our accents. That's what we hear when we hear non-native um, speakers of English. If you are a native English speaker and you hear someone that's speaking English, you can tell if they're not a native speaker because of some of the pronunciation rules that they apply from their native language to English. So if you think about it, we sound the same way <laughs> to native Spanish speakers. And so really a way to save you so much time and energy later on, because you will at one point realize, oh my gosh, I've been saying this word wrong for years and for months and no one ever told me. And that's how you're supposed to say it. And how do I say it? Because I don't even know how to form my mouth and my lips in that way, right? You come to these realizations later and it became, and it can become more difficult to correct them at that point because again, we've had these bad habits. So the number one thing, if you get nothing else from this episode, if you disregard the other four tips that I give you, because uh, I'm going to go through five things, uh, the first thing that you should do is focus on pronunciation, getting the letter sounds down, the combinations of letters because, you know, vowels, even though people say Spanish pronunciation is easy. There are combinations of vowels that are pronounced differently than the vowels individually. There are letters that are not pronounced at all. They're actually silent. Like we have the silent E at the end of some words in English, you know, and everyone says, oh, that's so confusing when they're learning English. Well, there are some letters in Spanish also that are not pronounced. So it's important to, to really get a handle on that. And one of the things that we do in our uh, community uh, for our Spanish Fluency Club members and also anyone that signs up for coaching with us, they get access to our pronunciation mastery course. And this is something that we created because I saw a need. This is what, this is the course I wanted when I first started. You know, we break down literally 
every single sound of the Spanish language, not just every letter, every single sound. We go through vowels, consonants, uh, combinations of letters. Um, you know, sometimes letters are pronounced differently depending on what letter comes before or after. So we go through all those pronunciation rules. And the thing that we do in our Spanish pronunciation course that you really can't get anywhere else, not for, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's one of the, the most impactful parts of our course is that you get personalized feedback on your pronunciation. So when you sign up for the Spanish pronunci pronunciation mastery course, and you can do that if you're interested, you just want to check it out to see what it is. Uh, you can go to SpanishPronunciationMastery.com. Uh, so you can check that out to see if it's something that uh, might help you uh, kind of fix some of your pronunciation mistakes. Uh, but in any case, we actually, we have you record yourself speaking Spanish. We listen to you. We give you feedback on the things that you are, you are mispronouncing. Like I just mispronounced the word you. <laughs> so we give you feedback on that specifically so that you know how to correct um, the, the things that you are mispronouncing. And we also teach you how to make your conversation flow. So you know how to connect words together, how they're supposed to sound, um, instead of saying each word individually, because no one talks like that, right? So we really do provide a great value in that course and we give you feedback and we give you feedback through audio. So we'll send you a voice note uh, to tell you so that you can hear um, our team. So we do have a team, uh, as you know, I'm always boasting about how we have the most amazing team of native Spanish speakers who are language coaches and they will give you pointers on how to fix your pronunciation mistakes, letter by letter, sound by sound. So it really is an awesome course. And this is where I would start if I was starting over again. Uh, so again, check it out, SpanishConversationMastery.com uh, if you're interested. Uh, but either way, you know, even if you're intermediate, this is something I would revisit if you haven't spent a lot of time on perfecting your pronunciation. The second thing I would do if I was starting all over again is to just pick a type of Spanish. Now, Spanish is spoken in Latin America, so you've got, you know, South America, Central America, the Caribbean. Uh, it's spoken in Africa. It's spoken in, uh, obviously, in Europe, in Spain, of course. So you have all these different varieties of the language that mix with uh, different cultures, different histories, also uh, different indigenous languages that influence uh, the way those languages are spoken and even English, right? In Mexico, there's a lot of Spanglish and Puerto Rico also because of their close proximity in some areas to the U.S. And those countries also have their own indigenous languages that have had words that have crept into the language. And not knowing all that when I started out, I really didn't realize, you know, how important it was to really just focus on one type of Spanish. The reason why is because it was so confusing for me as a beginner if I would hear someone from Spain or from Argentina or from Puerto Rico, I really didn't know why I couldn't understand all these people. You know, I would go, uh, all right, well, I'm learning Spanish, right? Quote unquote, generic, general Latin American or Castilian Spanish, whatever. They usually give you these two very broad categories. And so I would, oh, Latin American, because I live in America. But that really doesn't take you very far. Now you can get through the basics, of course, but I think in terms of, you know, really being able to immerse yourself in a culture and in a language, I would definitely have picked one type of Spanish to learn from the beginning. Now, that doesn't mean I would never be exposed to other uh, to Spanish from other countries, but it does mean that I would narrow my focus. Now, I kind of naturally did this in a way just because 
I started listening to salsa, bachata, so different genres of music that actually were from El Caribe or the Caribbean. So even now, generally people tend to tell me that my Spanish has a little bit more of a Caribbean influence. So I really sort of accidentally did this, uh, but I didn't focus on it. And so what would happen is I would go and maybe start listening to a podcast from Argentina, or I would listen to or watch a YouTube video of someone from Spain. And I would go, why don't I under, why are they talking this way? And I would, you know, I'd figure it out eventually. Right. But it was, it was very, very difficult to sort of switch my ear to try to catch the flow of their speech because it's very different. Someone from Buenos Aires talks very different than someone from Puerto Rico talks very different than someone from Colombia and getting used to those different flows of speech intonation just made listening comprehension way more challenging than it had to be. And I think I spent a lot more time trying to figure out what people were saying because I didn't focus on one type of Spanish. So I would recommend if you are sort of just consuming content from all over the Spanish speaking world. Um, and again, if you're a beginner, I mean, it really doesn't matter what level you're at. Um, you, you do want to get exposure, like I said, but I think if you want to get really, really good at listening comprehension, especially if your goal is to move or travel to a specific country or uh, you have friends and family or community that's specifically from one place, that it can be very, very powerful to just immerse yourself in that one culture. So if you have family from Cuba, then immerse yourself in Cuban culture. Listen to people from Cuba talking because there are different accents even within that one country. So it can be really difficult to make progress quickly if you're trying to figure out everything. Oh, I want to listen to Spanish from Spain because I want to know how Spaniards talk. And I also want to listen to people from Medellin. And I also want to listen to someone from Mexico. It is going to confuse you to the point where it's going to take you so much more time to improve your listening skills and your speaking skills. So most of the most successful language learners that I've run into that really took this immersion approach on, you know, when they speak Spanish and they're talking to another native speaker that's from a different country, that native speaker might might think that they're from that country or they know that they learned Spanish from that country because they've immersed themselves in that culture. And I think that's perfectly okay. I think it's good to have a home base as I call it. So you can almost pretend that even if you're not, you haven't done this before, if you have never gone to a study abroad program and had a host family that you stayed with, just try to pick your Spanish host country. Pretend you're an exchange student. What country would I go live in? And just kind of focus your Spanish learning around that place. Get really immersed into one uh, culture so that you can make a lot, a lot of progress a lot faster. And then once you get your bearings and you feel more confident in your listening comprehension and in your ability to hold down a conversation, then sort of explore, okay, let's see what happens in Argentina. Let's see what happens in Ecuador. But really focus on having that like home base of Spanish. So that would be the second thing I would do. Uh, and we do have an article on the on our website, LearnSpanishConSalsa.com. I actually link it up in the show notes or we give you some advice on how to go about choosing a type of Spanish. All right, so the third thing I would do is focus on learning the basics of conversation. And I would do that in uh, more of a phrase-based approach where I'm learning phrases instead of individual words and personalize that vocabulary to me. Now, this is something I ultimately did end up doing because I had to. It just sort of came out of my experience. But I really wish at the beginning I was much more intentional with it. Why? 
this would have skyrocketed my ability to hold down a conversation in Spanish. You know, if I would have just practiced uh, things that I need to say that maybe it's not going to be in the curriculum because, you know, my job title, um, how I wear my hair, that's always kind of like a big topic of conversation, um, explaining things about my hometown, all of that vocabulary that I need to express myself, to, to introduce myself to someone, uh, to explain to someone why I'm learning Spanish, how I got started, uh, a lot of that is missing from sort of a Spanish course. So really being intentional about learning how to present myself, how to, how to infuse my personality that I have in English into Spanish. Because a lot of times we learn these like phrases and are very robotic. We learn how to say, hola, como esta usted? Estoy bien, gracias, y usted? Ah, que, que bien, or whatever. Like it, it, it lacks personality. And I'm a goofy person, so I like to make jokes. So if I'm sitting there and I'm introducing myself to someone, I don't want it to feel so stuffy and so formal. Um, and so I want to know how to say things that are a little bit more, have a little bit more flavor, a little bit more of me. So this is something else I would have started focusing on um, right from the beginning after I picked a type of Spanish um, that I would have really focused on what are the phrases I need to know? How do I introduce myself and personalize the language so that I can retain some of my personality, even though I'm speaking a language that's unfamiliar to me? So that would be the third thing. Now I've got two more quick tips and we're going to wrap it up. Uh, after that, after I kind of got the basics of how do I present myself in this language, how do I try this on, right? So that it looks more like me. Uh, the fourth thing that I would do is from there, I would start learning the mechanics of the language. So after I kind of got through these three phases, then I would say, okay, now it's time to get into, all right, let's look at grammar. Let's look at the structure. Let's look at cognates. Let's look at masculine and feminine verbs. Let's look at sentence structure. I would start getting into that after I do these other three things first. Um, and I would find a way to do that. That is fun and interesting for me. So sort of what, again, I arrived at this, it took me years learning Spanish through music, right? So for me, that motivates me. If there's a new song that comes out, I want to know what's going on. I want to hear it. I want to know the lyrics. Um, I want to see what are the new words I didn't know. How can I use them in a conversation? That kept me motivated, but I would have uh, done that more intentionally, even though, again, this is sort of how I I kind of fell into um, fluency, I'll call it, falling into fluency. Um, that could be a cool program. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, but it's being intentional about it, structuring my learning around the things I love and also uh, looking at the, the mechanics of the language from a standpoint of, you know, already having down some of these other basics that I talked about. And the fifth thing that I would do if I was just starting out all over again is I would set a bold conversation goal. So I think a lot of times we get stuck into this thing of I'm a Spanish learner. I'm learning Spanish and we don't ever speak the language either because we don't know that many Spanish speakers. We don't have anyone to talk to in Spanish or the people that we know that speak Spanish. We're literally terrified to start talking to them because we're not confident in our ability to speak the language and we're afraid they're going to say something we don't understand. They're going to laugh at us because we didn't say something correctly or we're not going to know a word and we're going to sit there with a blank stare for about 15 seconds um, and it's going to be super awkward. So a lot of times we get into this learning mode and we don't actually become speakers of the language because we're so um, caught up in, nope, but I got to learn this first. Nope, got to finish this course. Nope, got to 
learn module one, two, three, and four before I even start using my Spanish. And so what I would do to get myself out of that mindset is to set a bold conversation goal with a deadline, something that sort of scares me, but doesn't terrify me too much. Um, Cause it's always good if you're a little bit scared because you know that's when you're making progress, right? If you're setting goals that don't uh, cause you to have just at least a tinge of fear, then you are not setting big enough goals. So I would set a bold conversation goal, something that's a little bit out of my comfort zone so that I could actually reach for it and try to prepare for it. Because the thing about it is this, unless you have a date, and again, goals have deadlines. You know I preach that all the time. I don't wanna hear, I'm gonna do this in 20 days, I'm gonna do it after the, a goal needs a date on the calendar. So until we actually put that date on the calendar, I will have a 30 minute conversation with a native Spanish speaker from Mexico. And I will do that by May 13th, 2022, for example. That lights a fire under you. It's like, oh, okay, I'm gonna be talking to a real person. I gotta get it together. What do I need to do? And then you focus, you laser focus on the things that you actually need to do instead of getting lost and, oh, there was a new uh, thing that I learned and maybe I need to figure out indirect objects right now, right? You will be laser focused on the things that you need to know how to say and what you need to understand to have a real conversation. So setting a bold conversation goal, I think for me, again, I eventually did this. It just took me years <laughs> to arrive here. So if I was starting all over again, I would do this out of the gate. Once I had number one, my pronunciation down, two, I picked a type of Spanish, three, I learned the basics of how to express myself personally in the language, four, started to learn the mechanics of the language using content that I love, then I would set a bold conversation goal, something that slightly terrifies me so that I could laser focus and get myself speaking the language a lot sooner. So those are the five things that I would do if I was starting from scratch. I hope you found this helpful and that this can help you reflect on what you've been doing. Like what has your last week looked like? What has your last month looked like? How much time have you actually spent hablando español, actually speaking the language and how much time have you spent consuming content listening to things that you didn't really understand all of and just sort of trying to muddle through so I hope this helps you uh, refocus and maybe redirect what you're doing now it's okay to uh, to sort of look at what you're doing and say huh maybe I could tweak this um, and you don't have to do everything I said, right? Especially, like I said, if you're already sort of uh, further along in your language journey, but you might want to, again, revisit some of these things and see how you can incorporate it into your Spanish. So if you want our help with that, like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, um, we are offering a discount uh, for the month of March. We are offering 30% off of our language coaching uh, packages. Now, you can book a session if you go to SpanishConSalsa.com slash coach. That's SpanishConSalsa.com forward slash coach. And there you can actually set up your initial goal setting session. So in that first session, we will help you come up with that bold conversation goal. Uh, even if you don't decide to work with us, if you just have this one session, it might be all you need to really get you going in the right direction. So I encourage you that, uh, you know, to sign up for this. If you hear something in this episode that you want to implement, but you're not hundred percent sure how to go about it. 
make sure you book a session with us. Like I said, again, we are offering 30% off of all language coaching this month and coaching is different from teaching. We are going to help you identify a personalized goal that you can reach. We're not just going to teach you a curriculum. So we, we do teaching as well, but this is specifically for coaching for people who want to personalize uh, what they're learning and actually get to using Spanish in conversation and having conversations that flow. So again, if you're interested, discount for March only SpanishJuanSalsa.com slash coach. As always, I hope that something, por lo menos una cosa, <laughs> at least one thing that you heard in this episode has helped you go one step closer from Spanish beginner to bilingual. Hasta la próxima. Thank you for listening to the Learn Spanish con Salsa podcast at LearnSpanishConSalsa.com. <laughs>